Beloved beings of earth, things, timelines, minds, hearts, intentions, and humanity itself is shifting and expanding. You may have noticed that you feel more connected to streams of love, strength, bravery, freedom, confidence, innovation, collaboration, peace, joy, bliss, inspiration, and perhaps the stream of grace and the stream that connects us to the source of all that is. Beyond time, beyond space, beyond any of our limitations, there is the source that knows you and I intimately and reveals purpose to us in perfect and divine timing. So let me reflect to you now. You are right on time. I too have shifted into another form myself, perhaps more of my dragon coming through, and also my multidimensional human grounded into the core of Gaia Pachamama. And from this place, from this home frequency, I am connected to all that is inherently divine and can share Queen Prophecies podcast. Are you coming along for the ride? As the silver river of grace, I intend for the floods of cosmic remembrance to rain down into your throat chakra to align you with your truth codes, your true soul timing, and an authenticity to bless the golden ages of this planet, planet Earth. Through the transmissions, shares, and frequencies of this new season, may the frequency of divine truth assist in the upgrades and activations of all at this precise moment on earth. Sit back and enjoy the frequencies. Welcome to my ocean frequency and wave on the internet here at Queen Prophecies Podcast. I'm going to use this intro today to actually just give a few announcements. The first being an invitation into deeper realms of dragon and serpent revelation over on my Patreon. Specifically, when you join the Waters of Life tier, you will be gaining access to frequencies and healing activations channeled through me and the grid of Gaia Pachamama herself. This beautiful planet is really transforming our lives through her codes, her waters, her powerpoints, her vortices, her sacred chakras. So knowing that the year of the dragon begins early next year in 2024, I am putting out the call. This is the call. If you know it's for you, it's for you. Please check the description for the Patreon link. And I'll see you over there in that space. Second announcement is about this podcast. Are you loving it? Have you received? Have you shifted? Do you have greater 
just ah for life. If you do, if you have, please consider leaving reviews or stars on your podcast app. Share this with people that you love, this episode or your favorite episode, and also just know that you are dropping a seed into their waters or their field when you do so. And then you just let it go. You just surrender and accept. And um, that's part of this work is really sharing without attachment. So this is an invitation for you to continue supporting this podcast in whatever way feels true, including a donation on PayPal. All of this is linked in my description. And now, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Enjoy this episode with my dear, 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 I want to say dragon sister. I don't know if I've ever told this to her, but my dear dragon sister, medicine woman, beautiful mistress of the wild. I have some Palo Santo here and a brand new episode coming to you from both California and our guest is in Taos, New Mexico. Taos. And she's Mm. got a beautiful, what I like to call a Hathorian kind of Taos feel. right there for those of you tuning in on youtube on the video version of this podcast are you looking at the door this? yes the magic door what? Yes. <laughs> introduce yourself my love uh, oh, the floor is yours who are you where are you <laughs> in a dome a magical dome of some sort mm-hmm. so my name is carissa or on Instagram, I'm mistress of the wild. And yeah, I am in this like kind of magical house, New Mexico house that um, is like a little famous because Dennis Hopper used to party here. And um, yeah, it, it was originally a music studio that hippies would like record music in in the 70s and you know probably do some psychedelics and that was the entire reason for the room and then I magically ended up here because um one of my first herb teachers in Taos uh asked me if I would like to caretake her 99 year old mother and um, move on to this beautiful piece of land that has water and fruit trees, which can happen in New Mexico, but it is also, you know, very special that it happened. Um, and yeah, so I I helped caretake a woman who was passing to the other side um, in this house for nine months and um then I just moved in and this is my bedroom now (laughs) you said she was 99 Mm -hmm. and you caretaked her for nine months yeah she was 98 when I started and then yeah 99 when she passed Mm. 
I'm feeling the nine, the completion codes, even in, mm -hmm. even in that. That's powerful. Yeah, it, it was very, very powerful just to see that process, right? That um, a lot of us don't get to see anymore someone passing to the other side. We just put them in um, nursing homes and lock our elderly away from the world. And um, I can understand why after doing it, you know, like the death is a process and there is a, a breakdown and a decaying that happens. And yeah, we don't do that. We don't look at that in the US. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Mm. There's so many things that are being stirred in me, just having that be reflected. Um, I'll just, before we get into what we're going to get into, I'll just say that I'm in California right now because my dad passed away. Um, uh, and I, although he was nowhere near 99, <laughs> he was about to, he was very close to starting his 67th year, but he was 66 when he passed. And I got to caretake a couple of weeks of one of his um, last bouts with gout. And mm. he basically renounced doctors since I was a baby because mm -hmm. there is this i would say there's this probably past life and also this passing down from ancestor to ancestor through his male lineage about doctors are not trustworthy um my dad's family coming from mexico they also would have had a lot more contact with like food plants water land you know, and even the spirit realms, I feel, and medicine people. So this not trusting modern doctors was a thread in my family. And it's what caused my dad to just deal with his gout on his own. Almost like um, he would self-medicate with supplements, herbs, um there since we were very very young he he knew and we knew what a like um health food store was i'm talking about in the 90s when like only old people went to health food stores he would take us and he was like in his 30s you know and 40s and i feel like that's such a lost concept now because a lot of people have access or seek supplements and like herb herbs and plants now and even superfoods and all of that is such a big thing now we had a juicer when i was like six <laughs> people didn't know what juicers were back then you know and so <laughs> it's just interesting i i got to caretake him i mean i literally had to help him get into the bath you know i had to mm -hmm. or was given the opportunity to create something for his uh, joints and his muscles and everything. Um, we have a rue plant growing in my front yard. 
-hmm. we've pretty much always had rue in the family like in different um ointments and tinctures and i just was drawn to that plant for him and i smashed it in um, saint john's wort oil that i had from greece and like i would massage his joints his hands his knees his feet you know i've never done that in my life for anybody and i didn't know that it would basically be the 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 last time that i'd even you know like skin to skin like touch him or hold his hands or anything you know so it's it's such a portal mm -hmm. process even though i didn't know he was dying none of us did mm. he had kept it together for so long you know what we hide or what we mask inside can be Oh, it can just be so, so well, like layer upon layer upon layer of protection. And I think um, it will be interesting because we're going to talk about dragons. We're going to talk about the dragon tale that is K2 on this episode. And I think dragons know a little something about skins and layers and also um the past hmm. how long ago did your dad pass and what was his name um he passed on may 31st so just mm -hmm. about three months ago when we're recording this end of august and his name was ricardo del rio hmm. Yeah, what an honor that you got to rub him and massage him and take care of him during his last days here. And yeah, I mean, that's really special, right? Like people don't, don't get to do that. And I assume that because he had this resistance to doctors that he died at home? No. Interesting thing. He asked to go to the emergency on the day that he died. Mm. He asked to go to the emergency and um, my family members, my uncle and my cousin came because he didn't want to go in an ambulance for many reasons. Yeah. He wanted family around, I feel. Um, my uncle was one of his best friends since they were basically in their 20s, 40 years, you know. Um, and he married his sister. My uncle married my dad's sister. So um, he wanted family around. And none of us knew he was dying that day you know i wasn't here i was in spain i had already been gone for about seven months or six and a half months i left in november i left him in november you know getting better from that bout of his illness and he would always get better whenever he was sick he would always get better and then he would start down the spiral of 
well, I'm, I'm in a human body, so of course I'm gonna, well, I say of course, but this maybe this isn't normal for some people, but he had a lot of um, issues with substances, like pleasures, like food for him was a battle because he would treat food like something to indulge in and then he would have to go so far over on the supplements and everything new like not even heal him but like counterbalance all the ill he was doing to himself with food and substances because alcohol was also a problem Mm -hmm. generationally like multiple generations of alcoholism um my grandfather his father alcoholic um a lot of alcoholism in mexico on the ranch where his father came from so even those like generational you could call it a generational curse i like to call it that sometimes because it um highlights something that i feel that in the spiritual realms or the shaman shamanistic realms we could understand something as more than just um, more than just a physical problem, right? Drinking alcohol to the point of making your body fail you, making your organs fail you for 40 years, you know, and, and always bringing it back up to a certain place where you could function and you could be well again and you could move again only to then fall again in the next year or the next six months or the next two years. It it would depend on how he kept that balance of boosting his immune system and then, you know, destroying his immune system, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our, our stories are so similar for us coming from such you know different backgrounds um and yeah I think that this is a major reason why we like connected so strongly when we were in Peru because it was just this like recognition um of another person who had you know, come come from a background where we're doing things different than than all of those that came before us. But yeah, my my family, um, I grew up in the mountains of Virginia. They grew all their own food. They're hunters, um, and we did not go to the doctor when I was young um like I broke my tailbone and my mom was just like oh you'll be okay (laughs) or yeah like they they just always like tried to figure it out on their own um and then you know as as times change like when I was younger we would we would rarely go out to eat and then things just 
happens. Society moves forward. Convenience just gets more and more convenient. And as I was in high school, um, you know, it it was way more often that we were going out to dinner and our gardens weren't as big and this type of thing. And then the other similarity is that uh, my dad is also an alcoholic and has been diagnosed with uh, bile duct cancer in his liver. And uh, six months, well, okay, three years ago, when he was first diagnosed, the doctors gave him six to eight months to live and they told him, your diet doesn't matter. Um, you can eat whatever you want. And uh, because I have like, you know, been on this healing journey and into herbs and into uh, alternative medicines, they reached out to me and I would send them tinctures and I would give them advice on like, here's things that you know, you, you should be eating, here's what you should avoid. And, you know, it's been three years and he's still here. He still does have cancer and he is still engaging in some allopathic medicine while also, you know, doing his best to, um, balance things out with, with food and herbs and, um, yeah, just getting sunshine and grounding in his garden. Uh, but I like, like with your dad, he still <laughs> is occasionally doing the things that, that cause him inflammation and, uh, feed the cancer. And so there's like this, this balancing act mm. but how beautiful that you've even been able to impart wisdom that has most likely extended his life right now in these recent years because i feel that again i feel and we've talked about this off camera I feel that we sometimes don't give ourselves the proper credit for what our family receives from us, what our direct ancestors and our direct um, blood relatives receive from us because we've chosen such a different path. And mm. we will go into a little bit like, okay, well, what does that like, what does that mean? you know, and it will probably take us to Peru because, <laughs> because that's where we met. And that's also, um, I feel it, it has been such a key code for my recent years, like this dragon journey, this, um, this ability to even use my voice in this way, this, strong strong pull from the head of my dragon saying you must talk about things 
and um, very, very futuristic things and very, very um, uh, just like say the things that other people won't say, you know, talk about death on a podcast where you're not going to. I mean, we weren't even going to talk about death, but it's like, okay, well, that's where we've been guided. So let's let's explore that. Like, we're, we're there's just nothing that holds holds me back anymore at this point. And interestingly enough, my dad was kind of the last straw of mm. what still felt like there was a cap on not only my heart, but my throat and my solar plexus actually, you know, knowing that he is now the way I perceive him, his soul is where it needs to be, you know, it is beyond this earth plane. So this ties into like the unraveling of stories, the unraveling of the tales that we, not only the tales that we tell ourselves, but the tales that are told to us Mm -hmm. because our environment, our birth environment, our first home environment, our first family environment, because family can also be extended, you know, besides just who lives in your house, who is constantly in your energy field coming over and you're going to their house and you're spending time together and, you know, you're exchanging energy and also thoughts and ideas and ideologies. And from very young, we get indoctrinated in a lot of ways in these different um, environments which then you can extend that to the school system where did we learn where did we grow who were the kids around us how did that go who which teachers were telling you who you could be and what you could be and you know what were your good qualities and what were your bad qualities because everything is so polarized it's like this is good this is bad this is your path this is not your path Maybe not for everyone, but I feel like I really had that so, so, so down my throat my whole life, which made me get to that point in my 20s. And it was more around my Saturn return, my first real like exploration of who the fuck do I get to be that isn't the tales that everybody else has told me. And that Mm -hmm. was me leaving the country, moving to Spain during my Saturn return. And all of a sudden, all these tales start unraveling. I'm like, oh, they don't hold up. They don't hold up all these things that were said, not only said, but like um, hammered down our, my throat, our throats, if anybody resonates with this from their own experience. I don't fault them for it because they were doing the best that they could with the tools that they had, with the pain Mm -hmm. that they carried. And that was probably repeated generation after generation, obviously with little um, tweaks, each generation had its tweaks, you know, like my dad raised two girls and we were not the quiet type. But one generation previous, he had three sisters. They couldn't ever speak out to their parents or to anybody or talk without being spoken to or have an, a strong opinion without being like shut down. And my sister and I, we had all those opportunities. Do we get to win every argument? No, but were we told 
don't have an opinion or don't stand up for yourself with your voice. No, we had some room for that to start developing when we were young. But then we still would meet my dad in like a battle because he was such a strong force in our home. Mm -hmm. And we challenged the fuck out of him. (laughs) So I looked at your chart uh before we started this and it's it's interesting that you say that um that it took your dad passing to be able to really you know speak your truth because your north node which is opposite the south node is your north node is in aries in your eighth house And so, you know, Aries is this like warrior type of energy that has to speak its truth, that has to like go towards what they uh, identify with as an individual. And it's in your eighth house, which has everything to do with death. It it is the house of death, sex, and other people's money. it's it's like that Scorpio house, and does, does it have a direct link to ancestors too? Um, it has to do with inheritance, and so you know, in some ways, I I I could I could piece that right, like, and um, yeah, just like the the power of of death like what transpires what transforms um when someone close to you dies mm-hmm. and then and then you know on the other side of that because you like you can't talk about the north node without talking about the south node your south node is in libra and um libra is not about the individual it's about the mirror mm-hmm. and um being like very relational and so essentially in this lifetime like you're moving away from being very diplomatic um you know forming your identity off of the other mm-hmm. and moving towards the yeah this is me this is i individualization yes being really yeah really important Mm -hmm. the reason i specifically asked about the ancestors is because in my culture you don't have death without the ancestors Mm -hmm. so it's the house of death the ancestors are there there's this um really strong correlation between um treating death like an initiation Mm -hmm for everybody involved like the person that that leaves this plane they're being initiated into a new plane wherever their soul gets to go chooses to go is destined to go but those of us left behind we are being initiated into the process of dealing with the pieces here still in the in the 3d right Mm -hmm. talk about inheritance but you could also inherit a bunch of shit that's just like 
oh my god like the mess the chaos that's a little bit what i'm navigating right now is like finding the balance between wow he left a lot of unfinished mm. uncompleted things in the physical right even emotions lingering you know around in the home right now but then there's also that aspect of like but i've also inherited a certain um spaciousness finally like that dragon wingspan because i don't have to face him in the physical anymore and have him be a wall mm -hmm. to my um chosen path you know yes yeah yeah it it all um, um transforms when someone passes to the other side and it it can take a while for that to happen but yeah like when someone is grieved properly there's so much movement that happens in the family line after that grieved and celebrated true <laughs> yeah two Martin sides of the Prechtel, same the same yeah. coin you know martine practel would say that yeah they're two sides of the same coin grief and praise fall under the um umbrella of love i think is the way that he puts it So let's talk about how we met. Okay. Okay. Let's bring in some of the Amazonian dragon energy, serpent energy, because that is the energy of transformation. Mm. That I love to work with. We're both wearing our beautiful necklaces from the Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> um that we bought while we were together yeah in mm -hmm. tarapoto after having an incredible few weeks in um yeah in the jungle taking mm -hmm. plant medicine learning about the stars um sleeping with a bunch of strangers in a in a palo what is it called? what's it called palo the maloka maloka i'm like palapa that's that's like an umbrella <laughs> but yeah the maloka yeah the maloka but we met in the hotel first in the town of tarapoto yeah i i was trying to think about this yeah did we really and i mean we met the morning we were all gonna travel to the center okay okay yeah i specifically wanted to tell this story because it's kind it's kind of funny and I, I want to know if you remember okay okay so I was sitting in the hotel restaurant area where people from the hotel were having their breakfast and then the rest of us were told to meet there because I stayed in another hotel and I'm just like journaling I think maybe I had bought like a coffee and I'm just like journaling in my little table and there was one chair across from me on the table and you came into the restaurant you know and you were like hi you saw me and you assumed that i was in the retreat you're like are you here for adam's you know uh retreat and i was like yeah and then you're like oh you're so bright and so excited and you're like can i sit down <laughs> do you remember 
No, I honestly I don't remember that. Okay, because um, I told you no. I said no. You can't sit down. You did. <laughs> I said no, but I also would have said no to anybody. I would have said no to anybody, not just you, because I was like so in the zone of like we're about to go into this medicine journey this like we've traveled thousands of miles you know several planes we'd already had we had to fly from like wherever to peru and then from peru we had to fly to the jungle and like i was so in this little bubble of like it's like go time like it was like my rocky moment like no i need to journal about getting ready to actually get in the vehicle to take us to the center and you were so sad you were just like like you really felt you really felt like i had like crushed crushed your little heart in that moment and then here's the funny thing is like you went then and you found somebody else you went like where there were more people and then uh cat cat redheaded cat she came maybe a few minutes after you and also came to my table and said, can I sit down? And I said, yes, but I didn't mean to say yes. I was just like, I think this is just gonna keep happening until I just let somebody sit down, honestly. I was like, I'm not even gonna be able to focus on my you know, power journaling, like my manifestations and like all this stuff. But I think I saw out of the corner of your eye when you saw that cat was sitting there, like, I think you gave me a little, a little side eye there because it was just like, oh, well, she could sit down, but I can't sit down. Now that you retell the story, I think I just blocked it out of my memory, you know, like <laughs> when you get rejected it. and you're like, okay. <laughs> it was a little, yeah, it was, it was. And I would like, I was really nervous like I didn't speak the language I had been there um like a day or two before and like had just been like walking around in like a different country like trying to communicate with people and like it was really hard and so I think that like yeah the whole experience just like leading up to us driving deeper into the jungle was really like my nervous system was already overstimulated and yeah when when that happens like your memories are they're they're not like sticking because you're not grounded that makes sense <laughs> that makes sense and also i just i wanted to tell that because i think it's because sometimes first impressions can be such an awkward moment and I feel I feel like this happens a lot to me that I, I put people off when they first meet me, actually. And when we were at the retreat, again, because of the setting and like because it felt and I'm just going to speak for myself because it felt like it was such a huge moment for me to get there and to allow myself to finally devote you know, a week to plant medicine. And I, I felt the weight of that. I literally felt all of my ancestors were watching, just like she made it to the jungle, like, oh my God, ayahuasca ceremony is coming. And then what Chuma, and then, you know, another one. And then, you know, like, I just felt like that moment was so 
strong. And again, I felt the weight of just the timing of it all. Mind you, COVID was about to happen a few weeks after that. And that's a whole nother thing on its own. It was like, it was such a pivotal moment that I didn't open up to nearly anybody really during the retreat. You and I didn't even really become friends until those days after the retreat were done. And we were back. That's the only thing I have in my memory. We were back in Tarakoto. I was trying to think it was that we didn't connect until until afterwards really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we did we were we were um our our little sleeping huts were neighbors that's true yeah <laughs> and i and i also remember like and this is also just something that i do naturally it's like i people watch a lot and i remember that you and nate were like close even during the retreat and I, mm-hmm. I kind of was a little bit like, oh, I want a friend. But then I was like, you know, again, I was like, no, you're serious mode. Like, no making friends, like serious mode. It's like, I wanted to. And then it was like, no, get like, you know, I was like battling that the voices in my head of like, you can make one friend. And then it was like, no, focus. And um, yeah. And then, but then it was nice because then after it was like you and Nate were really close already. And then we got to kind of become a little little threesome in the last, you know, couple days after the retreat and integrate also like together what all just happened. Yeah, we, we were definitely bonded after, after the retreat, but it's so funny that like, I couldn't even remember the beginning of it. Yeah. Like what happened between us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's also funny because memory is kind of like that anyways. And in fact, we're we're really good about sometimes remembering a completely different story. You know, we can, our minds are powerful. We can create a whole story that may never have even happened. This actually happened, but I'm saying like we're powerful or we can completely block something out because that actually serves us more, right? In a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about the stories that we tell each other, the stories that we tell ourselves. So I was telling myself the story of, I just need to be like this hardcore little shaman in training to get to this retreat and to have this experience and then go go on my merry traveling way. But mm. the the way it unfolded so beautifully was that's not your story. Your story is connecting with people however that has to happen and i had to ask you to stay in your hotel in order for us to actually connect like i had to be vulnerable and be like i don't really have money like can i stay in your hotel room do you remember that i do remember that and that is the part that came to me while i was like trying to remember our story was that we stayed together in a hotel room and then i thought to myself how many great stories you must have from like being able to be that vulnerable and like all these like synchronistic moments of meeting people and just like how how close you can get with somebody when you like have to be that vulnerable and you're sharing space. Mm-hmm. And we had our little ceremony because it was like a new moon or a full moon and we were still uh 
we had like two nights in the first fancy nice hotel room that you had chosen which was like where the main group was still and um there was like a big moth flying around our room that night and like landing like where we had set up a little altar and everything and like we picked like oracle cards and like all the just you know like connection is so important to the bigger story like it's interesting the the story of the the dragon can sometimes feel so one very much like that north node in, in Aries so maybe maybe I'm just speaking for me but the dragon journey can feel like it should be very um focused and very directed but that's not really the whole story it never is like it's also the opening of the heart it's also so when we talk about the nodes you have the dragon head and the dragon tail what about the dragon body what what about all that's in between the head and the tail and I, I would focus on the heart. Mm. Opening our heart is part of the human experience, is part of us being on this earth. And the only reason that we even perceive the nodes the way they are, are from earth, correct? Yeah. That, that's true, yeah. You could play it out But all of it's in your head Holding on with both two hands Gotta let go now Is it really you Knocking at your own Always looking for something more Don't be a fool Don't be a fool Oh no, no, no You just gotta let that old story go You just gotta let that good river flow
just gotta let that old story go You just gotta let that good river flow into your heart It's a start to the story a little bit more. Uh, so Ketu and Rahu are the dragon tail and the dragon head. And at one point in time, they were one and the same. And um, this is like Vedic mytholo mythology. Uh, they were helping the devas, the demons were helping the devas to churn the milk of the ocean to produce the nectar of the gods. And um, once they did this, I forget the name of like what the demon was that was Ketu and Rahu before they were separated, but that specific demon disguised himself as a deva and drank the nectar of the gods without anybody else knowing. But then they found out and Vishnu severed the head from the body. But because, because they had already drank the nectar of the gods, they like remained immortal. And so now they are the eclipse points in the sky and when an eclipse happens uh in vedic mythology that is the the dragon eating the the sun and the moon and they're just like these karmic unpredictable points and yeah western culture has like totally demonized the demons right or like the shadow or uh, yeah, anything that is not not love and light, but they're the karmic points in our chart that 
give us give us the gifts that we are coming into this human experience on earth with and also uh give us this point of evolution that we're we're meant to move towards during our time on earth and you can't have one without the other and if you do if you try to reside in one or the other that is a life that is unbalanced and I think that like that's when the uh the the true like when we're talking about demons like that's what people are thinking of it's like well you just like rested on your on your gifts and you never grew or you like were so hungry that you never recognized where you came from and and that's how bad things can can manifest Ooh, that's yeah well that's very very juicy and it's bringing up this sense of like it's all about balance it's all about balance right it's like the um vitruvian man right with the arms out and the legs out the way our body is designed the way our timelines are even designed if you think about it this earthly life is not the only life that we've lived whether you believe you've only been human on earth regardless of if if that's the case if you're listening to this this is most likely not your only life and that means that you have a wealth bank that you came with to this life which i believe that's the k2 you have a wealth bank that you came with now it's rich in trauma, it's rich in experience, it's rich in lessons, it's rich in gifts, it's not just all the good stuff, it's just all the stuff, like all the stuff that you've lived, experienced, transmuted, transcended from already, mastered, and then you come to this life with it. And yet, like you said, you cannot just rest on that because otherwise you would have just not incarnated again you rest on like resting on your laurels or something like that kind of sums up what I'm trying to say it's like we have the opportunity to become masters of something new every time we incarnate and the new would be like that north node it would be that Rahu right mm-hmm. yeah right and and that it can become unbalanced right if you're only going towards the rahu if you're only uh yeah rahu can lead to like obsession and um yeah basically forgetting everything else around you to just like focus on on this one point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if we think about or if we if we explore a little the theme of plant medicine, where do you think plant medicine falls in the realms of Rahu and Ketu? Oh, well, that's such an interesting question. And 
I can only I can only answer like for myself and like my own specific chart because so while I was in Peru, I was having a flipped nodal return, which essentially means that the transiting north node was conjunct my natal south node. The head and the tail of the dragon were aligned at that moment. Um, And I have a south node in the ninth house and the ninth house has everything to do with overseas travel, um, other cultures, yeah, it's kind of like this, it's it's also pretty spiritual because pretty much every culture except for the United States <laughs> has, has a spiritual component to it. <laughs> and so that, that was the first time, well, I'd been to Canada, but like I hadn't really like left the country and like gone on a long flight. And yeah, I feel like plant medicine is often um a part of of other cultures and their spiritual practice they get to know themselves and how they sit in community and yeah all of these things so yeah i can just say how how i that's how it was playing out in my chart at that specific time. Okay. So what I would like to propose is the perspective that plant medicine is actually the balancing point between our North node and our South node. It's like the unifying. Can you hear me? We're breaking the internet over here. just as i dropped that truth bomb no just kidding did you hear me i'm gonna repeat myself anyways okay Okay. i do think i heard you though because you said you think that plant medicine is this um unifying point between the north and the south node and i got that through like you know like the robot like (laughs) voice things are breaking up went dark you sign back on your login picture is this serpent yeah that is enveloping a human and I was like whoa <laughs> like that's what she just conveyed in in picture form <laughs> yeah yeah I like that yeah like um yes I can, I can see that and how it, it played out for me so, so, so clearly. And yeah, I wonder, I wonder if you can too, right? Like knowing that your, um, your South node is in Libra and your North node is in Aries and like what, what kind of like transformation that took you on. And even like now that I'm saying it, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I can almost, it almost played out like that, right? Like where 
while you were on this journey to do plant medicine, you were very focused on I, the individual, this is what I'm moving towards and not on we or the mirror that, mm -hmm. that is Libra. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me, what I see with Libra is that it can sacrifice itself a lot in relationships. It's not necessarily the only way Libra can be expressed, but it can feel like the other is more important than than the self. Or that you or that you at least understand yourself better when there's others around. And because it, it's the mirror relationship is really important to cultivate and to to honor. So I'm going to bring up the story about the second ayahuasca ceremony. We only had two and we had a day off in between. Um, the second ayahuasca ceremony was not pleasant for me. The first one was all the magic, all the love, all the geometry. All I've talked about this on another podcast when I just talk about ayahuasca and it was all of that. It was all the oneness. It was all the lights. It was like this weirdly beautiful dream weaving space where I remember dreams that I had had. And when I say dreams, I mean like the dream state, not like I want to be this when I grow up. I remembered things, dreams from the dream state that I had had throughout my childhood, throughout my teenage years, in my 20s. And I was like reliving these little moments of basically an, an altered state or another state that I, I was not consciously able to tap into. Only in this space could I tap in and see like flashes. They were just flash, flash, flash. And connecting to each other in different ways and connecting to me in that space. Cut to the second ceremony. And I cried. I just cried and cried and cried at the end of that ceremony because I got the the phrase, we are the medicine. And I just kept shaking my head, yes. Like, I just remember that, like crying, tears of joy. Yes, we are the medicine. That was the first ceremony. It was like heart, blowing my heart open. Second ceremony, I make the intention before we go into ceremony to heal my feminine lineage and to mm. take on my mother and my grandmother's things that they were not willing to take on. I wanted to transmute them in this ceremony. Big fucking mistake. Like who the fuck does that? Who do you think you are? Like get out of here with your Libra sacrificial, like I'm just gonna do it all for the women, you know, not just me. Like let's just bring all the other people and all their baggage into this. Cause I went to some fucking dark places in that journey. Mm -hmm. And, and I was crying out for Mother Mary mm. for a huge portion of when I could even speak or be heard, because that was another thing. At one point, I needed help in that ceremony, and I had no voice to even ask for help. Like, I was basically just whimpering, crying, mm. and thinking in my head that I was saying the names of the helpers in the space to help me because I was freezing cold mm -hmm. and I wanted a blanket and I wanted socks on my feet. And it took um, Isabel, who was next to me, hearing me 
and like she was like are you okay and i could hear her also like going through her stuff but at one point she was the one that alerted one of the helpers for me uh because i think i thought i was saying the helpers names but i wasn't saying anything loud enough for them to hear me yeah so in feeling like I could take it all and take it for my whole lineage. And I couldn't even put socks on my feet in that ceremony when I was freezing and like in the abyss, basically. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want you to be thinking who the fuck am I to do this? Because the, it wasn't the first ceremony. It was it was one of the ceremonies that I sat in prior to coming to Peru. Um, I'm sure that I went into it with an intention that I don't remember off the top of my head now. It's probably in my journals. Um, but in the one archives. Of the, say it's in it the again. Archives. The yeah. journals are like our archives. Like <laughs> they're so sacred. But what happened when I was in the ceremony was that I, uh, I touched my womb at one point and started having like intense, like pain and cramps and then just like felt into it more and more and more. And then like started bawling like I never threw up I never had to go to the bathroom like people say that you do like that those were not my purges I purged through my tears mm. all of the pain of my lineage but it was also like everyone's lineage like all every, women ever every woman who's ever had a womb I was like purging that pain through my body, like just crying, 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 crying. And so I almost wonder, you know, like, is that just part of the process that, that kind of happens to women when working with ayahuasca, grandmother ayahuasca? The truth, the grandmother yeah. truth. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah she's like acknowledge this acknowledge all of the times that like you know you you had sex and you didn't really want to or um yeah you know someone unwillingly had sex with you that you were raped or women in your lineage were raped and there's not one woman on earth <laughs> on earth that that is not part of uh Sorry. yeah yeah and 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 even if it didn't happen to you it happened to one of your grandmas one of your ancestors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I often um find comfort in the fact that Oh, like I, I've done a lot of digging into my ancestry. Like I, I know some things uh, on paper, let's say, and from word to mouth passed down, like for so many generations. And 
even like some of the photos I can read into the energy of like the wedding photo of like one of my great grandmothers like being like basically a child marrying like a man who'd already been married wife died you know and then he's in his 40s and he's marrying this child you know like I know a lot of those stories of my lineages and although I don't know the full story although I'm only looking from my lens in some instance it's it's our blood so we can intuit things we can remember things in our blood if it's relevant for us to feel or remember that and it it provided me some comfort sometimes to see those things and be like angry or at least confused or at least have this moment of like that's not fair that my mm -hmm. ancestors and mostly the women that that's how it was and that that's how it had to be you know talking about a 40 year old like mounting like a 16 year old or eight i don't know the ages exact right now off the top of my head but i can only imagine that there was suffering or trauma or difficulty in those marriages that produced you know eventually me or you yeah. or any of the women or men listening to this so I feel like the ayahuasca journey or a strong plant medicine journey, of course, it will touch upon some of those sensitive um, spaces in your body that still hold the pain yeah. of those stories. Those stories happened. The plant medicine journey is an opportunity and the integration after the plant medicine journey is the invitation to transmute that. Mm because we can stop it like that's yeah. why we consciously want to be aware of some of those things so that we can then be like okay going forward no no it just doesn't happen anymore in my lineage yeah that that's exactly what I was thinking while you were telling the story is that that the thing you were repeating you know we are the medicine um yeah, once you work with a plant spirit, once you've like imbibed it, once you've done the dieta, then it 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 its consciousness lives within you. And part of the consciousness of ayahuasca it, it unearths the shadow um and, and gives us the ability to purge the pain that is in our bodies and and once you can like access that pain and and feel it then it is transmuted and like you are probably the first person in your lineage that could even have the awareness to look at something like that. Like I, I can remember talking to my mom about um, women that have been raped in my family. And she, it's like, she can't go there. Like, it's not, it's not possible for her to just like, look at it directly. It, 
and, and like feel the pain that really is in that. But I, I can look at it, you know, after gone, going through those experiences. And I, um, I know exactly what you mean about being able to look at pictures and read the energy of the situation. And yeah, it's really as, as hard as it is to be a woman right now, we also have like an immense amount of privilege, right? To, To be able to have this awareness and look at things directly and call them, call them out and see them for what they are. Mm -hmm. And liberate ourselves from Mm -hmm. the weight of those stories, because like, I don't know, my intention with this, like the tales that we tell ourselves, like, or just the entanglement that a tale can be, right? Um, or did we get the information right? If we, if I look into my ancestry and I get these stories from family members, like, well, did they tell me the tale right? Or, you know, did they add their own, you know, fluff to it? And and then I'm trying to discern like all these different threads in my lineage, or I, I've chosen to, I've chosen to do this over the past like ten plus years. And then I finally got to that point when I started working with plant medicine deeply, started with this journey, ayahuasca, wachuma, being introduced to um, mapacho, so grandfather tobacco, and then being ushered into this journey with cacao Mm -hmm. and mushrooms and the deepening of everything that was started in the jungle, like just the deepening and the deepening and the deep dive. And it was like, all of a sudden, uh, I was like, okay, these stories exist. But my story is my story. Like Mm -hmm. my story is the story that I choose to not only tell, um, but to lighten my load, right to lighten uh, my bag like my traveling bag. It's like, yeah, it happened. And I'm just gonna give this to the earth. I'm just gonna offer this one to the Amazon. I'm just gonna offer this one to this place, offer this one to Mexico, offer this one here, because I want to be light. I need to liberate myself, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't just, I don't feel it dishonors anybody. I feel like if anything, there's that North Node again being like, but I honor myself. (laughs) I need to fucking honor myself. It's, it's, important. it's the balancing, you know, like after, after you acknowledge the shadow, you're, you're then allowed to acknowledge the light, you know, you don't have to carry it around with you. It's, it's the things that are left unacknowledged and, and swept under the rug and like in the shadow that causes our uh, ancestral lines to like continue with these traumatic patterns once you acknowledge it 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 has less power Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's the important of it's the importance of shadow work and it's the importance of demons (laughs) 
Like we all have demons. That's that's what the Vedics knew that like has has been forgotten and like many, many other cultures. But yeah, it was the devas and the demons that were churning mm. the 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 milk of the I forget what they call it, but it was like the milk of creation or something like that. Like it's both of them. Mm. So I propose to yeah have a have a have a think have a feel into what plants because we didn't mention that you're astro herbalist mm -hmm. astro herbalist so what plants can help us work with k2 our k2 mm -hmm. in our chart which inevitably you know overflows into our rahu as well because we said mm -hmm. there are two sides of the dragon and you can't have one without the other mm -hmm. yeah so apparently ayahuasca apparently <laughs> it's interesting because i i've never actually thought about the nodes the exact same way that you are but now that you're presenting it you know like like ayahuasca is this bridge between the south node and the north node and i can see that very very strongly in my chart because my south node is in cancer my north node is in uh capricorn and so cancer has everything to do with like family and ancestry um mm. and you know i'm like is this just am i skewing this to my chart but you're seeing it this way too and you have a different north node mm -hmm. and south node than i do and yeah normally i would have said like ayahuasca is a pluto plant mm. but you know the plants can have correspondences with with different uh planets or uh points in a chart but when you were talking about um all of these plants that that you have worked with that have assisted you on this journey one of the main ones that came to mind for me that I've worked with since working with ayahuasca is the Amanita. And she is the red mushroom with uh, white dots. And people think she's very, very poisonous. Um, and that is not true. <laughs> her, her, another uh, uh, variety in her species called the death cap is very poisonous, but um, the death cap looks nothing like the red and white mushroom, which is not poisonous. Um, you might get sick if you eat it and it's not prepared properly, but you're not going to die. You won't die. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, I started working with this medicine very, um, intently last summer when, uh, she was growing in the mountains of Taos prolifically and, uh, 
the dreams that she brings up from the subconscious um, are so powerful. And she's essentially bringing, bringing things that have like, you know, that, that we just like push away into the shadows brings them up through dreams. Um, and so the symbols are very, very, very clearly portrayed in your dreams. And I can remember uh, one time after this 99 year old woman that I was helping caretake one time after she passed, I had this dream that I uh, was like in the mountains of Virginia, which is where my family's from. And Miss Jane was there in, in her bed. And I had like walked up on her and I'm like, Jane, what are you still doing here? <laughs> I thought that you had passed over. And then this like huge earthquake happened and she disappeared. And so we're like a bunch of people are all walking around the mountain, like trying to find Jane, we can't find her. And then someone's like, maybe she ascended. And <laughs> um, then I like walk down the hill a little bit, come across this patch of Amanitas, pick up the Amanita. The Amanita sings a song that I wish I could remember, but it like all of it rhymed and it sang her to the other side. And then my dad walks up and I like had this feeling of like uh, I don't really want my dad to be here right now <laughs> in my dream and then the Amanita in like the same rhyme and verse that it had sang Jane to the other side sang a song of healing to my own uh paternal line father wounding yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if, if we're thinking of plants that, that can help us bridge this, this South node, uh, you know, karmic gifts and spiritual gifts and just things that like we we're naturally good at bridging us to the north node like where we're we're evolutionarily meant to go i th i think the amanita is a good one because yeah there there's this connecting of of um of unacknowledged parts of ourselves and bringing them to the surface and that is really the evolutionary process Mm. your dream was epic i was there i was like i was in the mountains with you i was like what you picked up the mushroom and it's saying wow 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 mm. and i think you when you posted a photo of your amanitas on maybe like in a basket or something I just like my heart just it's a it's a plant I have not yet had 
have not been able to meet in this realm yet. But it has come up a couple times this year, even in Ireland, I had a beautiful synchronicity with a woman who she had just gotten a shipment from like Siberia or something. Somebody in Siberia um, had sent her some and there was a window where there almost was going to be, I don't know if I was actually going to take it. She maybe wanted um, someone to assist her with a small group of people taking them and then basically a space holder. And I actually thought that is something I haven't done yet where others are in plant medicine ceremony and I'm in the field holding the field from a different space. But of course, like there's, there's, profound things that can happen in those spaces because we are so attuned to the plant kingdom once we start opening ourselves to master plant teachers anyways and they're all connected you know um, I find even in the mushroom kingdom so I have at least had three different um, psychedelic mushroom you know families or whatever so um i feel like that would be a way to still serve as as yeah like just to be in the field but not to have to consume the plant mm -hmm. and actually the something interesting on the reversal of that the shamans in for example in the americas um traditionally so even an ayahuasquero or an ayahuasquera, traditionally, they would drink the ayahuasca and those who came to be in ceremony to be healed or to explore something with the medicine would not drink the medicine, would not ingest it. Only the shaman would ingest it, traditionally. Mm -hmm. So imagine the power of the plant because you put your faith in the plant and you put your faith in the healer and you said, I'm here because I want to work with this. I want to get, you know, clarity on this. I want to heal my body. I want to heal my mind. I want to heal my lineage, whatever it was. And you didn't have to ingest it, you know, because mm. they work multidimensionally. They work outside of time. I find yes. the master plants are these timeless beings. Like they do not live in a linear fashion you know they don't even understand our calendars nor do they care about our calendars or like they work outside of time they're fucking masters for a reason you know it's it's true yeah and there is like many different ways of communicating with plants and ingesting does not have to be one of them and really the only thing that you need is to connect with your heart opening your heart to communication of what yeah what what does this plant want to say to me and, and just sitting with that so I'm going to show you this card because I always pick oracle cards when I'm going to have a, a podcast and you know if it's relevant to bring it up I bring it up so in my Magdalene deck I picked the call 
the card called holding the seeds mm. and it's the card of fertility <laughs> of course <laughs> and she's holding the pomegranate which for me is just like it's actually revealed itself to me the pomegranate in sacred cacao and mushroom journeys it's revealed itself to me as this representation of divine union on earth mm. and i was like the pomegranate like okay they're like write this one down and like i was on this like profound like mushroom journey uh mushroom and chocolate and you know you think you're writing all this stuff down and maybe you like it's like chicken scratch on your notebook at the end of it but i clearly wrote the word granada in spanish i wrote it in spanish of course because you know like how just i was in england i wasn't even in the americas you know but i wrote down granada which is this fruit that's what it's called in spanish and um what do you think it means why why do you think it's relevant you're a master you know oraclist and tarot reader and what do the people need to know about holding the seeds and fertility oh man well i mean the first thing that came to mind in you know you pulling that for uh for us having a conversation that has ended up being a lot about you know ancestry and healing our lineages <laughs> and then yeah this card fertility holding the seeds and i am actually pregnant right now as we speak and oh man yeah uh, how do you even verbalize it um through my journey of fertility and holding the seeds i suppose of my lineage i have been very very aware of how when i as an individual how i have done work and it has um you know reverberated backwards you know like through my family um i just like one example of that is um one time I was in a sweat lodge and uh, came out of the sweat lodge, you know, had done prayers for healing uh, for my line, for my lineage. And then I look at my phone and while I was in the sweat lodge, my mom had texted me and said, do you want to FaceTime? Your dad's getting baptized. <laughs> And I was like, what are the odds that like I'm participating in, you know, this indigenous ceremony and they're participating in this Christian ceremony at the exact same time. Um, and they both involve water just in different ways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's one example. Right. And now that I am pregnant um i can i can still i can see how 
me being pregnant is healing to to my parents and and to my family and my dad like i mentioned has been really sick and um part of the reason that i am moving in a few weeks back to virginia to live on this ancestral land that actually started my my ancestral healing i lived there in 2018 and that is actually when I realized I could talk to plants was living on this land that, um, yeah, my, my great grandmother and step great grandfather had lived on that had like a lot of, uh, trauma happened there. And I was like tending this land and, you know, composting some of the trauma. And then I went away to New Mexico on this like grand healing adventure and, you know, went to Peru and, um, the, the land actually like sent me away. Like I asked it if I could stay and it was like, no, 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 you have to go. And now that I'm pregnant, it's like calling me back. And, um, part of the reason we're moving back is because being around my dad, being around his grandchild you know, is going to be healing. And I haven't been around for a lot of his illness. Um, and I've been doing, you know, work with other families and, and, and their illnesses. And I think that, you know, it's finally time to just like confront and, and sit with, uh, anything that hasn't been confronted in in my relationship with my parents and yeah the, a baby bringing new life and love to that situation That was a long answer and it is really clear in my head, you know, how it all ties together. And I, I hope oh, I did a ties. good job of verbalizing it. <laughs> oh, it ties in. Yeah. And I remember we talked about the land. We talked about your Virginia land because you even weren't sure if you were going to leave Peru and go back to Virginia like really soon after. That's true. You yeah, know, because, because things were very open after all that work that we did, it was like there were many paths. We could literally walk almost any path that we chose at that point. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the reason that we talked about it was because when we were working with Wachuma during that week there, um, I was like transported back to Virginia and the land spirits and the nature spirits of that land were trying to seduce me. They were like trying to pull me back there. And I, I had to like go and talk to Laura about it and be like, um, so this thing is happening where these like land spirits are like 
it is like a really sexual like kundalini experience and she was like well is it consensual and I was like yeah and she's like it's okay (laughs) 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 yes yes interesting so it was the wachuma also known as San Pedro, for those of you that know this master plant by that name. Now, now I'm keeping a little bank in my mind because I had two experiences with Wachuma during that time in Peru. But because I stayed 10 months in Peru, not just the retreat, I was I had an extended time in Peru because of lockdown and all that other stuff that happened and the bookmark what closed my time in peru was a second wachuma ceremony in october we had our first um wachuma ceremony within that retreat in january and now we were in october and i had had flight after flight just kept getting canceled i couldn't get out of peru we were still completely um in this weird not being able to leave the country unless you pay thousands of dollars and got a charter plane situation and i remember like i I was very happy in peru but i was already getting so many different signs about things i had to do in california and things i had to do in europe again so Mm. in my wachuma ceremony there was also a seduction of sorts so now i'm like Oh, there's a little bit of this quality of like, and it did have to do with spirits in the land, mm. but the way they showed up, and I've I've shared this on the Wachuma podcast that I did, explaining about how I went to Avalon because of this, not only because, but it was a strong like yes because the water spirits showed up as these serpent women they were like very serpentine and very like nymphy in this little stream of water and they were like talking about uh about avalon and at the same time or at some time you know because time you don't know the order of how anything happened i also saw these little um um little spirits that were much more like fairies like a whole fairy Mm -hmm. kingdom was telling me that they wanted to be at my wedding in avalon and i was like they're like we're gonna be at your wedding it's very important and i was like what's this whole avalon thing happening but it was like such a strong pool because of all these little things kind of um one on top of the other on top of the other and the final strange thing which happened was that the shaman of that um ceremony we were out in nature we were in the mountains it was just me two other women and the shaman and one of the women was married to the shaman so we were in the medicine journey completely wild like talk about the total opposite of you know being in a maloka kind of situation and it's like stay here which we didn't do anyways in peru where they're like please stay in these you know parameters and like we were all naked in the river anyways but which is hilarious 
um, especially the women, like we just felt so free with, I believe it was mirrored in all the other women, how sensual and how powerful and empowering mm -hmm. the Wachuma journey was for us in different ways that mirrored each other. But the shaman in this journey, he came up to me at one point because I was sobbing, like just sitting on the floor, sobbing next to the little stream of water. And he just came up to me and he was like, it's about your partner, right? Like, that's what, you know, that's what you're crying about. And I just was like, yeah, my partner that hasn't arrived yet, basically, like my longing for my beloved. And the words that he said to me were in Spanish. Tu mono no está listo. Which means your monkey is not ready. And I'm like <laughs> sobbing my eyes out, just like rivers. Like at this point, I'm crying more than the flowing river next to me. But somehow that was comforting. And also to remember it, you know, so clearly outside of the ceremony years later, I'm just like, what a fucking thing to hear. Like your monkey, I'm talking about my beloved. And you're like, your monkey is not ready yet. So it's still a mystery. Who's the monkey? What's the monkey got to do with my future? And also, I just, I love these realms. I love mm. plant medicine. I love that we can even have a conversation like this, like so open-hearted and fluid and trusting. And yeah. I feel like when your monkey is ready you will know that's like such a specific word for someone to use mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there have been already some some <laughs> like investigative like i've tried to help people try to have people help me be like pieced together like is he the monkey is he the monkey and now i'm just like i don't i'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole it's just like but that will pro I'll probably on my dying day like remember that line from that shaman in that ceremony because mm. it was so clear mm -hmm. but anyway yeah yeah <laughs> something something else that's like just still in the back of my mind is um yeah like while we're talking about plant medicine and ancestry and on on this realm um, is that I believe that the Amanita is the master plant, or at least one of them, for um, our European ancestors. And that it's it's really, you know, powerful to be able to work with that for me as a white person, and then you also like have this, this lineage, this connection to, to Avalon. And um, yeah, I, I don't know why that's there. It's just like the Amanita wants me to say that. <laughs> that I got it received. Yes. Instead of um, like 
for you, it's like, it's, it's, it's a little different, right? Like working with ayahuasca and wachuma, like that is also the medicine of your ancestors. Mm. Um, but it, it's not the medicine of, of mine. And I just like see, um, white people like going to the jungle to participate in these medicines, which like are, are so, so healing and do not discriminate. Um, and also, yeah, there's just like this power, this, this, um, the power in building a relationship with a plant that grows where your ancestors are from. I got, I got that download. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is going to reach some people's who need or desire to hear that. Um, yeah. And the plants will always call us if they're meant for us. And if we're meant for them, if we're meant for that exchange. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Beautiful sister. I feel complete. Are you feeling, feeling the same? We did not even go into our, um, us operating outside of the medical system, but <laughs> it's probably a conversation for another time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I completely forgot that I even had thrown that out there. This is, yeah, I think we kind of sort of did that anyways by talking about the plants so much as our form of healing ourselves um, mm -hmm. but maybe there's a part two you never know yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah I feel like that is a long conversation and that we we were we were guided down a different road yeah we're we're yeah. some we're some flowy you know trusting plants are communicating to us i i literally was like gotta do the palo santo today for the podcast we're wearing our you know our peru connections which i feel is still so so powerful that we came together in a time and a space that was very unexpected and that basically three plus years later, almost four years later, like we are stepping so much into our power and our voice and our truth. And that I even reached out to you because I saw that you were having your podcast now as well. So please, as we're closing the space um, to share, where can people find you? How can they start listening to your podcast? and yeah work with you as well okay so um you can find me on instagram at mistress of the wild and if you are interested in getting an astrology herbalism reading there's a link in my bio that you can book through and also as you mentioned i do have my own podcast that I do with my dear friend, Sarah, and it's called Cosmic Crossroads. You can find it on Spotify and it is everything, astrology, herbalism, plants, 
mythology, esotericism, these types of things. And uh, right now we're working through all of the signs of the Zodiac. And also we occasionally interview people and talk to them about their time at the crossroads. And I would love for you to be on our podcast so that we can talk about more crossroads experiences. I'm in. Yeah. Just tell, <laughs> t- tell me when when to arrive and then okay. decide if I'm coming Amazonian or Syrian <laughs> or dragon or, you know, but yes, 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 yes. Okay, I, I shall send the invitation and we shall we shall meet with Hecate as our guide. Yay, I have loved so much and I've received so much already from listening to uh, all of the episodes, I think. I'm pretty sure Yay. I was listening. Did I finish the Leo one? Or maybe I'm on the Leo one, but I have been learning so much and also receiving confirmation from certain plants that I've already been working with that are associated with certain signs. And I'm like, ah, because a lot of what I do, I don't study. I just, you know, we intuit as as beings expanding in our consciousness and also as women who are very connected naturally to our intuition and expanding ever more in those realms. The plants just tell us what they need and what we need and vice versa, mm-hmm. we just create this relationship and it, it's ever unfolding. It's like a really powerful lifetime journey with them, mm-hmm. with plants and the planets. It's real. <laughs> That's Living an ode to our plants and planets retreat that we met on. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, sister. Blessing you all. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>